gentlemen, I think this is actually the first time that we've all gathered together in the same room in our current iteration as a cohesive commercial integrator team. So we've come here today to sort of round up uh, the year in AV, and there's really a lot to tackle. So I wanted to toss it over to Craig really quick. Craig, you have been with the uh, with Commercial Integrator the longest uh, out of all of us. And I guess I just wanted to turn to you for, you know, news highlights, things in the news and the headlines in AV this year that we wrote about that really struck you as, you know, the most important. Yeah, so the, the biggest thing by a landslide is uh, acquisitions. They continue at an amazingly... Uh, fast pace, and uh, we uh, we named Solutions as our Integrator of the Year. And between the time when we ran the story and when it went live, they made an acquisition, which was which I believe was their fourth or fifth of the year. That was part of why we chose them as Integrator of the Year. But it, so so things keep moving, and and it doesn't sound like there's any end in sight to that for for 2020. Um, another big thing that that. I've kind of noticed is that people are going to trade shows and conferences at a, a higher pace than than I expected. It, it seems like it's one of those things that um, I I thought was going to fizzle out to some degree. That the people were going to you know be more interested in getting their education from you know video conferences and you know webinars and, and things like that. But but people obviously like the the idea of you know in in person interaction and things like that. Uh, both. Infocom and uh, ISE set attendance records this year, or at least Infocom had an, uh, a registration record. I believe ISE had an attendance record. So, so it's it's uh, you know the, the industry is is still all about you know kind of those personal interactions, which was a little bit surprising to me, but but is obviously a good sign you know kind of going forward. Considering how much has to go into the decision making to you know budget for that type of event whether it's something stateside like infocom or even something more expensive like going to ise jonathan we're going to get to this a little bit later but you are our new boss i mean like how do you think it's justifiable for businesses to send people to trade shows i mean it doesn't really matter what the business is how do you justify that? Uh, a ton of business gets done at trade shows. It's as simple as that. If you can meet in person and make deals, I, I mean, that's the return on investment right there. Let's say it costs you $2,500, $3,000 to send one person overseas to ISE. I, I mean, for a lot of companies, that's one single deal, right? So right. Um, I, I think that as much as you know, remote work has come into play, video conferencing has come into play, a lot of business still does get done in person. And when you get everyone from the industry or a large, large amount of people from the industry in one place at one time, I would, I would venture to guess that very many people are making, if not straight business deals, then are making uh, introductions or partnerships that are fruitful for them for years to come. So um, I, I think that the if you're doing business at those trade shows, I, I think the return on investment is, is pretty obvious. Yeah, and just for what it's worth, the two... Two kind of trends that I talked about: the, the mergers and acquisitions and the trade shows. They're kind of linked together. Kind of what what Jonathan was saying. A lot of the the times when I when I talk to these companies about the how these mergers kind of got started, how the talks got started, it's at a trade show or at a conference or something like that. That's kind of where they're meeting each other in person and saying, "Oh, you know, I'm I'm looking to sell or I'm looking to buy or whatever." That's that's kind of where these conversations are starting. So there's definitely reason to still be going to these shows for sure. Now, yeah. Oh, Zach, you looked like you were going to say something. Um, I was. 
Oh, if I may. Please. <laughs> um, I think there's two other things, um, you know, why why people are going to these trade shows and conferences. Uh, one, the industry, industry is changing right. um, a lot with, with the convergence of IT and there's a whole bunch of new technologies. And also, um, it's still not even close to being saturated, but I think it's getting more competitive, so people need to continue their education and right. you know, learn a lot more. And these events always have some kind of training opportunity, yeah. you know, whether it's for credits or not, useful for people to take part in. Yeah. Uh, in terms of these trade shows, you know, another benefit is to learn about new markets. You know, when you're talking to the manufacturers who make these products or their representatives at least, you know, they might be able to clue you in on new spaces where these are being used. And uh, talking about new markets, I wanted to highlight a couple that, you know, we wrote about this year that I thought were pretty interesting. Uh, esports, you know, we've published about that in years past. It's been, you know, a rapidly growing area of concern for integrators over the last couple of years. But uh, I just wanted to run a few numbers uh, by you guys because it's a pretty interesting space. First and foremost, it's a $194 million market by most estimates somewhere around that point, which is, you know, considerable. Uh, globally, where like last year's viewership, you know, of all esports events outweighed the combined viewership of uh, the Super Bowl and the World Series. I mean, that's global versus two events that are only in the U.S. or primarily in the U.S., but still very impressive to outweigh those, you know, huge ranking traditional sports events. Uh, and there's a 38% uh, predicted growth rate over the next five years, so it doesn't really seem to be slowing down. I think that we're going to be covering, uh, as a team, these stories more and more, these projects more and more uh, as 2020 you know, comes upon us. But another thing that struck me about the market, besides its size and its potential, is the fact that it revolves around technology inherently, right? Perhaps more than traditional sports do. Uh, integrators seeking to make a name for themselves uh, in this space, you know, they have to know how to achieve really complicated systems uh, that have incred incredibly low latency in AV. Uh, they need to understand broadcasting over the network. Uh, they need to understand like intense lighting differentials. So where screen, where to use screens, you know, to show the gaming happening uh, versus projectors in certain settings. So, uh, you know, even a small job like a school or university student life division uh, will require many moving parts, but. Uh, that's precisely why clients in this space uh, need integrators to come in with their expertise uh, and to make those moving parts uh, sync together harmoniously. Another market I wanted to touch on really quickly is craft beer, something that I recently wrote about. Um, you know, this doesn't appear to have anywhere near the profitable potential as esports, of course, but uh, I do think it has potential in general, especially at breweries that are you know preparing to open up their second or third locations, and considering that craft breweries contributed you know, 0.5% of the uh, U.S. economy's, you know, income last year, which is, you know, sounds like a small percentage in and of itself, but really when you think about it, that's a huge number for one industry to be pulling in. Uh, so these are business owners who are incredibly motivated, you know, to provide their customers with really rich experiences. Uh, and many of them are also people who have gone through the headache of, you know, at their first location, installing all the systems themselves. And I spoke to several people for this story on, on, uh, on craft beer as a market for integrators that were just so tired of having to learn new systems, having to learn how that affects uh, or how their local code uh, affects their systems. For example, you know, one, one of these breweries I spoke with had a situation where their, their lighting needed to you know, 
automatically go up and their uh, concert and live event kind of audio needed to immediately cut out if an alarm goes off for a fire alarm. And he didn't know how to do that. You know, he has no idea. And for, you know, years at his first location, he was out of code without even knowing it. So when he opened up a new location in Boston, really heavily foot trafficked area in Boston too, uh, he really had to hire somebody who knew what they were doing, knew how to tie all those systems together to keep him in code, especially in an area that had more uh, fierce people coming to check in on whether or not they're following that code. Uh, so, you know, trusted partners for these people who really don't want to have to think about technology when they're too busy interacting with customers, uh, planning the next, you know, beer recipe, that kind of thing. Uh, and so speaking of beer, this is, I think, a good segue to uh, move the mic over to Zach Como, our newest colleague here at Commercial Integrator, uh, who came to us this year, uh, who used to cover beer, but also just other markets from the news perspective, it is now learning the ropes of the AV industry. Uh, Zach, as a newbie to covering the industry, what have you learned in the you know last few months that you've been here? Um, that the AV industry is um, very unique, but it's uh, not that different from a lot of other um, industries I've written about before. Um, I wrote about manufacturing for a couple of years um, and a lot of the same issues, a lot of the same workforce issues, uh, culture issues, um, and things like that. Um, and I've just been learning, you know, just so much about, you know, just all the different technologies that, you know, a lot of it still is going over my head. Um, <laughs> But uh, yes, it's and it's. Um, I bet you never want to hear the word matrix switcher again. <laughs> no, no, no. And I, I mean, I everywhere I go now, I see digital signage that and, yeah. and interactive kiosks and all that. Um, so I'm realizing that it really is just everywhere. And you and, just recently got married. I'm sure your wife is tired of hearing you being like, "Oh, digital signage." <laughs> <laughs> yes, because <laughs> you totally yeah. do that. I'm yeah, sure. no, no, I do, I do, I do. And uh, yeah, she's definitely sick of it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been really fun to to learn about it and just get to know you know all the people and you know hear their stories and they all have different stories, which is also another uh, thing I'm interested in uh, in hearing about. Yeah, kind of bringing the human side of how people got to the places they're in. Like, yeah. what type of stories would you like to would you like to cover if you had your druthers and in going into the new year? Well, I, I still want to hit on the the workforce issue because that's you know one of the biggest problems for integrators is. Just finding talent, you know, fresh out of college, and you know, eager, ready to work, and that are also, you know, knowledgeable because it takes, you know, at least a year to get someone up and running if they're just fresh off the street. Um, and uh, and you know, kind of related to that is just you know, culture issues. You know, I went to uh, the Avixa Executive Conference, and uh, you know, at most speakers mentioned culture. Right. Um, you know, as an issue, um, so I'm still trying to learn really what, what those culture issues are. I think it might be related to the the demographics um, of the industry. Um, so I'm still, you know, plugging away at that, and, and you know, trying to um, you know, get in, uh, basically just learn about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and um, just to convergence of IT, I think we've all talked about that way more than we want to. Um, and, and just how that's changing things because a lot of these guys are not IT guys right? Um, and, and vice versa. IT guys aren't AV guys. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's uh, kind of it so far. Right. And so 
by contrast, you know, you're a, you're a newbie to the industry. You just mm-hmm. came into our office as well as the industry. Jonathan, you've been covering the industry for a long time, but from a very different perspective. And now you've also, you know, stepped up to a new role here at Commercial Integrator. So I wanted to check in with you at the end of this year and, and ask you what's been on your mind and uh, if you could just give a little context for your new role here for as a reminder to our listeners. I'd appreciate it. Yeah, so, so editorial director, um, I'm kind of... Uh, I, I'm kind of running the business side of uh, commercial integrator and what we, where we're focusing, where we're going, um, and our plan moving forward for growing the publication. But really, growing the publication is further advancing the industries that we cover. So, AV industry is obviously something that's legacy for us. We have a great foothold in it. Um, the AV industry has been great to us, and I like to think that we've done some great things for the AV industry uh, as well. But to Zach's point, uh, with the convergence of IT and, A- and AV, there's going to be a lot more play where AV industry and the IT industry are working together. MSPs and AV integrators are going to have the same clients potentially at the same time and are going to be implementing their technology side by side. So one thing that we do want to do is bring those MSPs into the fold a little bit more and write about how they can better interact with the AV industry, how the AV industry can better work with MSPs, with IT providers. I think that moving forward, so to your point, I I was writing for tech decisions and that writes to the end user, the technology decision maker, right? Uh, Typically in the IT department. And at the end of the day, the IT decision maker, they just want their technology to work. All right, all all of the- Simple motivation. Exactly, it's as simple as that. So all of the uh, posturing, all of the potential infighting, all of all of what everyone I think may be scared of in the AV industry and the IT industry as this convergence continues to happen, I think isn't really a thing. I think for the customer, they're more than happy to hire an MSP to do part of it, hire an AV integrator to do part of it, the same way that they're happy to hire a plumber for the plumbing and an electrician for the electricity, right? right? It's no different in their mind. We are the ones who build it up like, you know, there's this wall between us. And we'd like to be a conduit for both industries to understand how to better interact with one another. And not saying that we're going to be the one to create that dialogue because we've talked to plenty of integrators and IT providers that have partnered with one another. Um, Some of them, there's there's a lot of different ways that it happens, and you can read about this in our January issue. I wrote a bit about it. But some of them will contract one another. So an IT provider may get the bid, and for the AV uh, equipment, they'll hire an AV integration firm to do it. Some of them may just introduce one another to the customer. So I'm the AV integrator and there's a significant IT portion that the customer wants. And I've partnered with this IT provider in the past and we've had a good relationship. So I introduce the customer to this IT provider and say, you, you know, you're going to get a lot of this done by going with this guy. And there may or may not be a kickback involved in that. That's up to you guys. But There are a lot of ways that are happening right now where IT providers and AV integrators are working together without purchasing each other's firms, without hiring, uh, poaching each other's people, um, and they're both, you know, hitting their budgets at the end of the year. So uh, there's plenty of money to go around. So thank you, Jonathan. Yeah, I I greatly look forward to hearing more about these topics from you and everybody here on the team moving forward. Um, I think... This show over the course of this year and, you know, the couple of years that it's been active has done a good job at 
covering a diverse set of issues, but something that I'm personally looking forward to uh, in 2020 is trying to diversify the topics even more because it's a, it's a large industry. And even though it might not demographically always be the most diverse one, uh, there are fascinating people to your point, Zach, who have fascinating stories. I'm excited to tell it. So thank you all for taking part this year. And I look forward to working with you in the next year. Got it. Hello.